Revelation 16. And we'll begin reading with verse uh, number 1. My message tonight is shadows of coming events. Some shadows that we're seeing of coming events. Revelation 16, verse 1. And I heard a great voice out of the temple saying to the seven angels, Go your ways and pour out the vials of the wrath of God upon the earth. And the first went and poured out his vial upon the earth, and there fell a noisome and grievous sore upon the men which had the mark of the beast, and upon them which worshipped his image. And the second angel poured out his vial upon the sea, and it became as the blood of a dead man, and every living soul died in the sea. And the third angel poured out his vial upon the rivers and fountains of waters, and they became blood. And I heard the angel of the waters say, Thou art righteous, O Lord, which art and wast and shalt be, because thou hast judged thus. For they have shed the blood of saints and prophets, and thou hast given them blood to drink, for they are worthy. And I heard another out of the altar say, Even so, Lord God Almighty, true and righteous are thy judgments. And the fourth angel poured out his vial upon the sun, and power was given unto him to scorch men with fire. And men were scorched with great heat, and blasphemed the name of God, which hath power over these plagues, and they repented not to give him glory. And the fifth angel poured out his vial upon the seat of the beast, and his kingdom was full of darkness, and they gnawed their tongues for pain, and blasphemed the God of heaven because of their pains and their sores, and repented not of their deeds. Now let us pray. Heavenly Father, as we bow before you, Lord, I thank you for the Word of God and for another opportunity that we have this side of eternity to preach your Word. And Lord, I realize without the power of God that I'm helpless to do anything. Lord Jesus, I pray that you would give me understanding, help me to be a blessing and to be an encouragement to the people of God. And may we understand what's happening in the world and that we might warn those that are unsaved that they may get ready to go and that we as God's people that have our affection set on things above, not on things upon this earth. Lord, bless their time together tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> We're going to uh, just briefly touch on about uh, five or six different things here tonight, about five things actually. And we could probably bring a message from each one individually. But uh, some of these we have covered before, and you're aware of, uh, of uh, what the Scripture says, so we won't have to go into a lot of detail on it. But uh, we see uh, world events continuing to happen at, at uh, an alarming pace. Uh, and certainly, as we approach the return of the Lord, we will see this multiply. The first thing I want us to look at is uh, the European community and the New World Order. Now, this is uh, very much in the news, as you are well aware of. The <clears throat> President of the United States has promoted his New World Order uh, for some time, and, and uh, we see what's happening in Europe, in the European community. Brother Bill Wiseman gave me the copy uh, out of the Asheville Citizen, uh, which is a Sunday, February 23rd, 1992 issue. I shared this with our 
Adult 2 Sunday School class last Sunday. And I just want to share a couple of excerpts from this article tonight and uh, about uh, the European community or common market. And it says here, now this is a, uh, this is not a preacher writing this, this is a, a news writer, and this is what he says. He said, but the 12 nations of the European community have more people, 338 million, compared to America's 250 million, and a bigger total output, 6 trillion per year, compared to America's 5.4 trillion. So they have more people as a unit together and uh, with a greater economic output. What's more, these 12 nations are becoming one nation, economically speaking. Over the past five years, they have been erasing the barriers that divide them. By the end of this year, they will have not 12 national markets, but one huge single market, the world's biggest, within which goods, money, and people will flow as freely as they do among the, U, uh, the United States. By 1996, at the earliest, and 1999 at the latest, they will have a single currency called the ECU, or the European Currency Unit, which will replace the dollar as the world's strongest currency. Now this is quite interesting. Of course, he goes on and talks about the, uh, the New World Order made up of Europe, the United States, and the Pacific Rim. And you've heard of this uh, trilateral commission that, uh, that really is, uh, is kind of the power behind this, uh, this dream that they have, and it's becoming a reality. Uh, the President of the United States did belong to this, uh, as well as many, many of the, uh, of the leaders in, in government, uh, and understand that, uh, that Bill Clinton is a, is a member of this commission now. But anyway, uh, the point I wanted to make is this European community. Now, for many, many years, we have enjoyed the status of being the richest nation, uh, the most powerful nation upon the face of the earth. But I think, uh, you know, this evidently is, uh, uh, is going to change, according to this article, if it's true, that Europe is going to rise up as a power that will be greater than the United States. And so this is certainly something to be concerned about. Now, let's turn, uh, just in way of review, back to the book of Daniel. The book of Daniel, chapter number 2, and uh, we find God uh, had some things to say about this many, many years ago. Daniel chapter number 2 and uh, uh, verse number 40. Daniel 2 and verse 40. Nebuchadnezzar's had a dream and, and of this great image, head of gold and breast of silver and, and thighs of brass and legs of iron and so forth. And uh, he doesn't understand the meaning of it. And Daniel interprets the dream. And we'll not read all of it, but in verse 40, he talks about this fourth kingdom shall be strong as iron, 
For as much as iron breaketh in pieces and subdueth all things, and as iron that breaketh all these shall it break in pieces and bruise. And whereas thou sawest the feet and toes, part of potter's clay and part of iron, the kingdom shall be divided. There shall be in it the strength of the iron, for as much as thou sawest the iron mixed with miry clay. And as the toes of the feet were part of iron and part of clay, so the kingdom shall be partly strong and partly broken. And whereas thou sawest iron mixed with miry clay, they shall mingle themselves with the seed of men, for they shall not cleave one to another, even as iron is not mixed with clay. So it's going to be somewhat of a loose confederacy. This is what's happening in Europe. It is not as tightly knit as the United States. More do they lose confederacy, but involves more people, economically tied very, very closely, and in other ways as well, as we'll see. Verse 44, notice he said, In the days of these kings shall the God of heaven set up a kingdom that which shall never be destroyed. Now that's the interesting thing about the kingdom of God. The Babylonian empire come and went. The the Grecian Empire, the Medo-Persian Empire, the Grecian Empire, the Roman Empire, all these uh, have fallen except the Roman Empire will be revived. They, they rule the world, but they were destroyed. But the Bible said the kingdom of God will never be destroyed. It will last forever. And the kingdoms shall not be left to other people. It shall break in pieces, consume all these kingdoms, and it shall stand Forever. Now turn over to chapter 7, and we will identify these kings in Daniel's vision. And he has basically the same vision, except it's the animals are used instead of an image. The lion, the bear, the leopard, and then this dreadful beast in verse 7 of Daniel, chapter 7. After this I saw in the night visions, and behold, a fourth beast, dreadful and terrible, and strong exceedingly, and it had great iron teeth, devoured and break in pieces and stamped the residue with the feet of it. And it was diverse from all the beasts that were before it. It had ten horns. I considered the horns, and behold, there came up among them another little horn, before whom there were three of the first horns plucked up by the roots. And behold, in this horn rise like the eyes of man and a mouth speaking great things. So, the European common market now has 12 nations, I believe it is, maybe 13. 12 is the last number I've heard. And, uh, uh, but three of the original ones, I think there were six to start with, if I remember correctly. We find that uh, three of the first horns, he said, will, uh, will be uh, uh, defeated by this little horn, of course, who is the Antichrist. Now, in verse 16 through 18, uh, pardon me, verse 23 through 25 of this same chapter. Verse 23, Thus he said, The fourth beast shall be the fourth kingdom upon earth, which shall be diverse from all kingdoms, and shall devour the whole earth. He shall tread it down and break it in pieces. Now that is interesting. It shall devour the whole earth. Babylon ruled the world, but it was only the world that it knew at that time in, in, the, 
Iraqi, Iran, Israeli, Egyptian, and that part of the world. And so with the Median Empire, so with the Grecian Empire, and so with the Roman Empire, though the Roman Empire was spread out more engulfed Europe. But the Bible said this empire is unique in the fact that it shall be diverse and it shall devour the whole earth. It shall dread it and shall tread it down and break it in pieces. And the ten horns out of this kingdom are ten kings that shall arise, and another shall rise after them, and he shall be diverse from the first, and he shall subdue three kings. Talking about the Antichrist again. They said these ten horns are ten kings, heads of ten separate nations. Verse 25, he shall speak great words against the Most High, shall wear out the saints of the Most High, think to change times and laws, and they shall be given into his hand until a time and times and divine of time, which is three and a half years. And so we have the identification. So the Roman Empire is going to be revived into a ten-nation confederacy. And I believe it's already been revived. And and the article that, that I gave you, among many, if you listen to the news, you hear it regularly, spoken of, and what's happening, and something about Europe, and what's happened there. But we see here from just a, not a Bible teacher, but a newspaper writer, really saying what the Bible, what Daniel said 2,500 years plus ago that this would happen, that the kingdom would revive, would be revived into a ten-nation confederacy that would devour the whole earth and would rule the entire earth, and that certainly is going to happen. It remains to be seen whether the United States will be a part of that. I think there's two possibilities, personally, and I don't know that I can prove either one. But uh, there's some scripture that, uh, that uh, may indicate the United States, but I don't think anybody can be absolutely positive about it. Either the United States is going to be reduced to a third world power that really will not matter. Uh, the United States could possibly be destroyed as far as that goes. Or the United States could be a part of it. Because certainly the I think the majority of the inhabitants of the United States uh, migrated from Europe, or at least their forefathers did, and uh, they've come from all over the world, but primarily from the European community and those countries that will make up this ten-nation empire. So we'll wait and see what happens in that area. We'll let the Lord work that out. I'm sure he, he can handle it very well. Uh, but uh, in Revelation 13... Uh, I'd like to turn there and, and again just review this couple of verses in this chapter, about four verses, four or five verses actually. Verse 1 and 2 of Revelation 13. And he said, I stood upon the sand of the sea, saw a beast rise up out of the sea. Of course, the sea in the Bible is used figuratively and and uh, talking about the sea of humanity, about mankind, having seven heads and ten horns. Here's these ten horns again. 
a long time after Daniel wrote his prophecy, upon his head the name of blasphemy, the beast which I saw was likened to a leopard. His feet were as the feet of a bear, his mouth as the mouth of a lion. And the dragon, who was the devil, gave him his power and his seat, great authority. Now, if you study Daniel 7, the very vision that Daniel had, he had the lion was the Babylonian Empire. The bear was the Medo Persian Empire. The leopard was the Grecian Empire. So this empire would incorporate the various aspects of those empires and will control all of the area that they control as well as the whole world. Now verse 16 through 18, he calls us all, small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in the right hand or in the foreheads that no man might buy or sell, save he that had the mark of the name of the beast or the number of his name. Here is wisdom. And him that hath understanding, count the number of the beast, for as the number of a man, his number, 600 is 600, three score and six, or 666. Now he's simply saying here that the Antichrist, along with the false prophet, who will be the religious head, will be able to control the economy of the world. Man will be forced to receive the mark. He will not be able to buy or sell without it. The number 666 has become a joke in many people's minds. But in our day, it has been associated with witchcraft, demonic activity. You look at some of the rock uh, albums, you will find this number used very frequently in their satanic music. And so uh, here we have this number, and of course this is, the technology is already present. This is not something that, that might happen. You know, a hundred years ago, a person could have read this and thought, how in the world could this happen? We read it today, and anybody that has any knowledge of computers and what's happening in that, uh, in that area of society uh, would have no problem realizing this is very much a possibility. And certainly will, uh, will happen. Uh, we're becoming more and more number conscious and don't have time to get off on all this, but, but uh, you try to do anything without a number and see how far you get. See if you can have a bank account without a number. Uh, see if you can uh, uh, pay your taxes without a number. In fact, you read on your tax form, uh, is it a year? I was trying to remember the, if, if a child is at least a year and older, you have to have a Social Security number for them. You cannot even claim them as a dependent unless you've got it. Everybody has to have a number and more. Of course, it, there's no end to it. Now, also in chapter 17, and I'm not going to turn there, chapter 17 and 18, he continues to deal with the kingdom of the Antichrist and its ultimate destruction. But you and I have lived to see this become a reality that God told Daniel 2,500 years ago would happen, and we've seen, seen it happen, and it's coming together more and more. Now, I don't think that's... Uh, 
Just a coincidence to you? I don't think so. Second of all, I want to talk about the health care crisis just briefly and uh, the AIDS situation. I preached a message some time ago on that subject. But, uh, you know, there's much in, the, uh, in this political campaign about health care and uh, what, uh, what needs to be done or what might happen, and Congress and the President all have various ideas about how to deal with this issue. I don't think it's the question that we have a, a major problem on our hands. And you think it's major now. You hadn't seen nothing yet. You wait till the impact of the age crisis hits the health care industry. You, know, you want to know why they're working at a breakneck speed to find try to find a cure for AIDS? This is one reason. Because it is going to become so expensive, it'll be impossible to pay for. That's what's going to happen. You know, God already has a cure for AIDS. And we've never had a problem with it if the laws of God had not been rejected and, uh, and gone against. Now, Larry Burkett in his book, The Coming Economic Earthquake, said the cost of a lifetime case of an AIDS patient now, not what it's going to be in 10 years, right now, the average... It's $175,000. So the person gets AIDS, by the time they die, somebody, the, uh, an insurance company or the government or somebody will have spent an average of $175,000 treating that patient until they die. It's estimated by the end of this decade, by the year 2000, there will be 4 million cases in the United States I multiplied that out, and that would, that would be $700 billion to treat for me, and then it continues to balloon. So you can see right off what can happen. 120,000 already died of AIDS. It's projected there will be 150,000 dying every year of this dreaded disease. Now, one-fifth of all people with AIDS are in their 20s. All AIDS cases can be traced to the homosexual community. Now, not everybody that's gotten AIDS has been a homosexual. Some have gotten it through blood transfusions. And I think that is the greatest tragedy of all. You heard the story of this young lady, I can't remember her name now, that testified before Congress that got it from her dentist. They're not telling you all that you need to know. I don't care what they say. But anyway, Magic Johnson, the great basketball star, 
came out and admitted that he had AIDS or he had the virus that causes his AIDS, which anybody gets a virus sooner or later, it may take some time, but sooner or later they all get AIDS somewhere down the line. It was put on a special commission by President Bush. His answer to the problem is safe sex. But that's not God's answer. God's answer is no sex till you get married. And then with a lifetime partner, that's God's answer. And if this nation realized that, this age situation could be dealt with. They say that Cuba is having more success with this disease than any other country. A lot of people are critical of Cuba, and certainly they have a rotten dictator and a rotten form of government. But they have the right attitude about AIDS. You know what they do? When a person tests positive for AIDS, they are quarantined from the rest of society. That's what this country used to do with a communicable disease. But now this disease has become a political issue. And the economic impact is Tremendous. Shared with you about this church. Sandy gave me an article here Friday, March the 13th, out of the Morgan and Paper. Raleigh Church approves male homosexual union. By a vote in secret ballot, 64% of the members of Pullman Memorial Baptist Church voted to approve the blessing of a requested same sex union of two homosexual men. Be interesting to see what the Southern Baptist Convention does about this. And if they don't do anything and people continue to send their money to the cooperative program, how that will impact real Bible-believing Christians. I hope the convention will take a stand on this issue, but that's not my decision to make. But anyway, I simply shared that with you to show you even how corrupt that a so-called Baptist church that's supposed to believe the Bible is the Word of God, I don't know what they believe. They must not believe much of nothing. Must be a very, very, very liberal church and pastor, no doubt. But anyway, that's a tragedy, a national tragedy. Now, God said... In Romans 1 and verse 27, Likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burn in their lusts one toward another, men with men, working that which is unseemly, and receiving in themselves that recompense of the error which was meet. I think he's talking about this disease. God said, If men go into men, they will be recompensed. And we're seeing it happen. Of course, innocent people are having to suffer as well. Now, under the law in Leviticus 20:13, it warranted to the death penalty. Person lived on the law. They were guilty of this sin. They took them out and put them to death. Now they parade in the streets 
and are proud of their sin. But God's Word teaches us the abomination of God. I heard where they were wanting to march somewhere in St. Patrick's Day Parade. And they took it to court, and the court, fortunately in this case, I believe I'm right, they ruled that they did not have, it was a religious uh, celebration, they could deny them the privilege of participating. But they're not ashamed, no shame anymore. People sin, and they're not ashamed of it. Now in chapter 16 of Revelation, verse 2, And there first went and poured out his vial upon the earth, and there fell a noise and grievous sore upon the men, which had the mark of the beast, and upon them which worshipped his image. And then uh, verse 10 and 11, the fifth angel poured out his vial upon the sea of the beast. His kingdom was full of darkness, saying, all their tongues for pain, blasphemed the God of heaven, because of their pains and their sores, repented not of their deeds. Notice, the judgment of the first vial is still present in the judgment of the fifth vial. They do not come and go, but they come upon one another. What is the effect? They blaspheme God. You know what the homosexual community tells you? God made us this way. It's one thing to sin. It's another thing to try to get God to approve of it. And that's what they do. Nobody's born a homosexual. That is unnatural desires. Homosexuals are made. Nobody's ever been born a homosexual. Now he said here they blaspheme God. I believe this certainly is a shadow of a greater judgment in Revelation 16. Now back in the book of Exodus 15, a couple of verses I want to share with you. Exodus his statutes, I will put none of these diseases upon thee which I have brought upon the Egyptians, for I am the Lord that healeth thee. God said if you will do right, you won't have to suffer these diseases. Now in Deuteronomy 28, Deuteronomy 28 verse 27, the Lord will smite thee with a botch of Egypt, with the emeralds, and with a scalp, and with the itch, Whereof thou canst not be healed. Isn't that interesting? God said, you reject my word, my commandments. I'll send diseases among you that you can't get healed of. Now that was under the law. So we have a health care crisis. That is very real. God said, that this would come. And it's going to be a greater crisis in the tribulation. And we're certainly headed that direction, aren't we? Thirdly, I want to talk a little bit about entertainment. So-called entertainment. Let me mention a couple of rock music. If there's ever been a music that is absolutely of the devil, totally and 100% is rock music. There is no such a thing as good rock music. All rock music is of the devil. And that is a proven fact. It is satanic from the beginning to the end. Now you tell me how under God's heaven 
that a Christian can listen to that. No believer, no believer or unbeliever, as far as that goes, can listen to it and not be affected. It is totally satanic. And no believer should have anything to do with it. Brother Thomason brought a, a great message in our chapel service recently on music and had some, had some tape and some examples on what constitutes good music and, and it's quite, quite interesting, quite educational. Music has certainly been used for centuries for good and bad. Thank God for good music. God likes music. But the devil also likes it a great deal. Ezekiel 28 will not turn there. Well, maybe I should. Let's go to Ezekiel 28. Ezekiel 28. I'll not read it all, but uh, just so you can... Uh, Someone may not have seen this, and you'd just like to make note of where it's at. Verse 13, Ezekiel 28, page 871, Ezekiel 28, 13. Thy hast been needed in the garden of God, ever told of the devil here. Every precious stone was thy covering, the sardis, topaz, the diamond, the beryl, the onyx, the jasper, the sapphire, the emerald, and the carbuncle and gold. The workmanship of thy tablets and of thy pipes was prepared in thee in the day that thou wast created. Thou art the anointed cherub that covereth. I have set thee so. Thou wast upon the holy mountain of God. Thou hast walked up and down in the midst of the stones of fire. Thou wast perfect in thy ways from the day thou wast created till iniquity was found in thee. Verse, the last part of verse 13 tells us that the devil from the very beginning before he became the devil was very much a musical angel, a musical being. So it certainly is, uh, stands the reason that the devil would be greatly interested in music today and he's using it to destroy a generation of young people. Now if you think music cannot be used in Daniel chapter 3, Nebuchadnezzar sets this image up of gold. Its height is three score cubits, six 60 cubics high and, and uh, the 6 cubics wide would be 9 feet, 90 feet high, 9 feet wide. And uh, it's a type of the image of the Antichrist. And when they play seven or six, six different instruments of music, they're commanded to fall down. Now he talks about this in verse 5, that at what time you hear the sound of the cornet, flute, harp, sackbut, psaltery, dulcimer, all kinds of music. You fall down and worship the golden image that Nebuchadnezzar the king has set up. If you don't fall down, you go in the fire furnace now. Why in the world did he use music? Because people are conditioned by music. Now music affects you. A TV program without music would bore you to death. If you don't believe it, go watch a program and turn the sound down. They add all that music, and by the way, a whole lot of it is rock music. Rock music. The devil slips it in any way, any time, any way he can. People are affected by music. And the devil is using it to great advantage. You tell me even a Billy Graham crusade cannot draw near the people as Madonna 
our, uh, what's this, black fella, uh, Jackson, can't decide if he's a boy or a girl. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm amazed. I mean, they, they come by the tens of thousands. Unbelievable. The devil's using music. Let me go on drugs. Do you realize drugs has not caught God by surprise? I don't think God had an emergency meeting in heaven and said, what are we going to do? Crazy people down there started using drugs. Isn't it amazing how, how depraved man is? You tell me why anyone would use drugs. That really makes sense, doesn't it? That is crazy. It's absolutely, doesn't make any sense at all. And yet we, we have a generation that's hooked on it, and uh, it's a multi million billion dollar business revelation 18 23 the light of the candles shall shine no more at all in thee talking about god's judgment on babylon and the voice of the bridegroom of the bride shall be heard no more at all in thee for thy merchants were the great men of the earth and for by thy sorceries were all nations deceived sorceries is where we get our word pharmacy from pharmakia it's really pharmacy is from a Greek word, and it has to do with drugs. Had to, what it had to do with in those days, what it has to do with now. In those days, they used the drugs and worshiped the devil. Now they're doing the same thing today. Anybody uses drugs has opened themselves up for demonic possession if they're lost. And so... He said, the nations, all nations are deceived by what? By the sorceress. The drugs and the devil worship and the witchcraft and, and the occult and all that. Revelation 21.8, what does God say about this outfit? Revelation 21.8, the fearful and unbelieving, the abominable and murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers. There it is again. And idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. There's the sorceress going to be in the lake of fire. Chapter 22, verse 15. For without her dogs and sorcerers and whoremongers and murderers and idolaters and whosoever loveth and maketh a lie. So the world of entertainment is for the most part controlled by the devil under the control of the devil. Eat, drink, and be merry. Isn't that what Israel done when they got out, made the golden calf? They stripped their clothes off and danced around the calf. Probably had the rock music going or whatever, something similar. Won't be long. They'll be doing the same around here. People be stripping their clothes off. Even people that are supposed to be Christians be running around half naked acting like a bunch of heathen, having fun, entertainment is corrupt, isn't it? Well, that's the message in itself. Let me move on to a fourth point, and that is the environment. The environment, you've probably heard in the news about the ozone. 
The ozone layer is simply a blanket of oxygen molecules that protect the Earth's surface from the sun's harmful ultraviolet radiation. Have you noticed any difference in the sun? I have. Of course, I've got a skin problem now. Had skin cancer already caused by the sun. But I can go out in the sun now and it seems like the sun's frying my skin or something. They, I don't know why it's, where it's just because of the makeup of my skin, the breakdown of it or whatever now, but it affects me a great deal differently than it used to. I don't think that's all just because I'm getting old. <laughs> I think some of it is related, no doubt, to this problem. Now, it's been known since, I believe, 1983 that over the Antarctica there was, a, there was a, a hole. In other words, this protective layer had been burned off. Now, in recent weeks, they've taken photos from outer space and they say that over North America, the North American continent and extending around the globe into some parts of Europe and so forth, and especially the northernmost area of our country, that uh, we're experiencing the same thing and very quickly. And they say a lot of it, of course, this is not totally understood, but they say it's caused by this, the Freon and all that's used in car air conditioners and by industry and so forth, is causing this problem and a lot of the other pollutions. But here we have a problem with the sun. Let me read again verse 8 and 9 of, of Revelation 16. And the fourth angel poured out his vial upon the sun, Power was given unto him to scorch men with fire, and men were scorched with great heat, and blasphemed the name of God which hath power over these plagues, and they repented not to give him glory. So we have a shadow here of a coming event. They, they say the sun is going is to give us all skin cancer. And the reason is because the protective layer that God put up there, that man's carelessness and greed is destroying it. So we have major problems with the environment. And God said there's going to be a major problem in the tribulation. Do you want to be here when that happens? Man, I don't. Thank God I'm glad the rapture's coming soon. We had not seen nothing. The Bible said the men will be scorched with fire. The sun, which is a blessing, will actually become an enemy of man and will burn people. You know, doctors try to warn young people. I mean, as soon as it gets, hits 65 degrees, they got their shorts on. They're laying out in the sun. Get in the sun. And doctors say you're destroying yourself. It hadn't been good for it. wasn't good for you 40 years ago, and it'll kill you now with what's happening up there above us. Don't make any sense at all. The environment. Well, we could talk a lot about more about the environment. Let me get to the fifth thing, which is the most interesting to me, and that's the Middle East. Or Israel. 
couple of things I want to point out. There's many things I could point out. I'll just briefly mention about the peace process, and it seems to be going nowhere, but, you know, it'll go somewhere. Just hang on. When it's time, it'll, it'll go somewhere. It may, it may be right after the rapture, but they'll, they'll get together and get, get it all worked out. Okay, let's go to the book of Joel. Joel. Ezekiel, Daniel, Hosea, Joel. Book of Joel, if I can find it here. Joel chapter 2 and verse 23. That's page 932. 932. The little book of Joel chapter 2 and verse 23. It says, Be glad then, you children of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord your God, for he hath given you the former rain moderately, he will cause to come down for you the rain, the former rain, and the latter rain in the first month. Now this is God's promise to Israel here by the prophet. He said, He hath given you the former rain, He will cause to come down from you the former rain and the latter rain. And you do it in the first month. Now 1948 was a very significant year May 6, May 6, May 8, May 8 maybe it was, 1948 when Israel became a nation. At that time it had not rained for 11 months. The first month it rained seven days. The second month it rained 21 days. The Jerusalem Post has reported that they've had the heaviest rainfall this year in 50 years, and the heaviest snowfall in 130 years. 18 inches of snow in Jerusalem. You see that in the news? Heard about it? We get this uh, everlasting nation. You get a copy, of Brother Aulis? You get a copy of this? From uh, uh, International Board of Jewish Missions, which we support. Okay? Article in here, they always have a news section. Uh, snowfall sets a record. Jerusalem, recently a four-day blackout in many Jewish homes was caused by heavy snowfall here. The Is Israel Electric Company, which has a monopoly on electric power, took the brunt of the complaints. To the delight of children seeing snow for the first time, some 18 inches of the white stuff fell on Israel and surrounding countries. It was the heaviest snowfall in 130 years. In the north, the Sea of Galilee rose five inches in 24 hours and now is about 9.5 feet below normal as a result of the several years of drought. That was from the Jerusalem Post and uh, an opinion. Think of that. God said, I will, I'll send the rain back to you. And they're in unbelief. Someone's mentioned in the prayer room that uh, uh, that uh, or maybe Mr. Allis was they were talking about the Messiah. Articles in the newspaper. Jews expecting the Messiah. Problem is they don't think he's come already. They're looking for him the first time. And they're going to realize that they crucified their Messiah. But, but uh, even the Jews, there's 
They're looking at the Old Testament Scriptures, which they don't believe the new, and they're saying the Messiah is about to come. It's time for him, is what they're saying. Even an unborn, even an unsaved Jew says the, the Messiah is about, about time for the Messiah to come. And we as Christian people certainly ought to have more insight into it. God has given them the reign in these years that they've been a nation. Then there's another interesting article in this same publication and uh, talking about the treasures of the temple. Let me just read it to you. Members of a group called the Temple Institute have opened their treasures of the temple exhibit to the public. They have spent many hours researching the various items which have been reproduced to exact in detail so as to have them ready when the temple is rebuilt here. Those who visit the exhibit are shown a video given a lecture by an Orthodox Jewish person at the location. And uh, there's a full-length article in here about it. And uh, they have a silver shovel for removing ashes from the brazen altar, crown for the high priest already made to have wholeness to the Lord uh, engraved upon it, and uh, some priestly garments, sacred vessels, silver trumpets, harps. They're gathering the precious stones from the breastplate of the high priest. Well, what in the world are they doing all that for? They said they remind their friends everywhere that about one-third of the 613 laws Jews are expected to observe require the presence of a temple in Jerusalem. There's going to be a temple. Daniel 9 said the Antichrist will cause the restoring of the sacrifices. You probably couldn't have a sacrifice restored without a temple. 2 Thessalonians 2 is a very clear New Testament scripture, if you'll turn there. 2 Thessalonians 2, chapter, chapter 2, 2 Thessalonians 2, verse 4. Talking about, well, let me read verse 3. Let no man deceive you by any means. For that day shall not come, except there come a fallen away first. That man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition, who opposes and exalteth himself above all that is called God, or that is worship, so that he as God sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Now you're going to have to have a temple to put his image in, aren't you? If you're going to sit in the temple, you stands the reason you've got to have something to set in. You've got to be a temple. And he said that this, this man of sin, this Antichrist, he as God sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. He sits in the temple. Matthew 24, 15 talks about the abomination of desolation. When you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet, stand in the holy place. He's talking about the temple. Now, there's a lot of problems with the temple, rebuilding the temple. One of the major problems is the Mosque of Omar sits right in the way. Now, there's different views on this. Some say that, that uh, 
So that's off to the side, and the temple actually could be rebuilt without disturbing that. That's one view. Others say it'll be destroyed. Some say an earthquake will take it out, or who knows. But I believe there's going to be a temple. Some, they constructed a great synagogue. Some said that that could, have, could be used as a temple. Well, whatever, there's going to be a temple. And here, these people believe it because they already got some of the articles there and they're putting it together. They're, they're checking historical records and pictures and, and carvings and whatever and they're putting it together as closely as they know how as the original model was used, the original ones that were used in the temple. Getting it all together. They're expecting the temple to be built. That's just another thing. That's a few of the things that are happening and happened in recent times and continue to happen, continue to spread out, that tell us that we're about ready to leave here. I believe that soon we'll go. And the rapture of the church could happen any moment. I believe I'll expect it every day. I believe I'll live every day Get up that morning expecting Jesus to come. That's how close it is. It may be days. It could be years. I don't know for sure. But compared to eternity, it's not long. And we have seen so much happen. And it just happens over and over again. And these are, I dealt with more of, world events, these things that are affecting the entire world, not just localized situations. What happens in McDowell County may not have anything to do with the coming of the Lord necessarily. But these are world events that the Bible said would happen. You know, that's one reason, that's one of the reasons I know the Bible is the Word of God, is prophecy. You tell me how man... 2,500 years ago could sit down and write something that's going to happen. My grandmother lived to be in her 90s. The world changed so much in her lifetime, it was unbelievable. If you'd have told her when she was a child a man would land on the moon, she'd have said, you're crazy. She had never even seen an automobile, much less a man on the moon. Now you tell me how, how people 2,500 years ago could have predicted what's happening in the world today when the makeup of the world was totally different. They did not, they did not write their circumstances at the time. Ezekiel writes about Russia when the makeup that's described there was not, e was not even... Hadn't even happened. That's why I know the Bible is the Word of God. It's great to be saved, isn't it? Wonderful to be saved. What an awful time to be lost. And to stay lost. That's the tragedy. How a person can. Well, people don't understand. The reason they can reason they can come and hear a message and go out unsaved. They don't understand. To you and I, we believe it.
To you and I, we believe it means something. We believe, we believe this is evidence that the coming of the Lord could happen at any time. But the unsaved world, they have no understanding of it. They don't understand this. And they just think it's just, well, just something happens. God help us to be able to get the message across. Let's bow our heads, please.